Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. I thought I'd do another advice with Alexis, um, listener story kind of episode, just because this is something that, you know, my, my inbox is always full with, you know, people asking me for advice on particular topics or to expand on things that I've spoken about, but more, you know, addressing their personal you know, scenario or issue. So I think that it's good to kind of do these a little bit more often um, so I can get to more of the messages in my inbox because I really, really want to do that. And the reason why I like to do it on the podcast is because A, I'm not able to get to all of them. So I hope that if you find yourself in a similar situation, you can kind of look at it and be like, wow, I can apply that to my situation. And B, because as you start to listen to more and more um, different situations, even if your situation is completely different to that, you might find that certain tactics still apply or certain exercises or tools will still apply to you. Even if the situation is quite different, maybe there's something in your thoughts or how you respond to someone. There's always a, what something you can take from, you know, hearing someone else's story and suggestions that I have around those stories and then possibly apply them in your own situation. So that's why I kind of like to do it. Of course, this is always going to be anonymous. I never talk about names here. Um, so that I just got so many. I put up on my Instagram um, for you guys to send in some listener stories via DM on my Instagram. Thank you so much for everyone that's written. Um, obviously can't respond to all of them, but I'm tr- I want to get through as many as possible. So today I'm going to be bypassing the brain facts just because I want to fit in as many. But on the positive side, very, very soon as, and when I mean soon, I mean in the next kind of two weeks, I'm going to start, drum roll, doing two episodes a week. Finally, I have spoken about this for an eternity and you guys know how much I, I hate talking about things unless I'm actually actioning them. And this is one of those things that I've spoken about for way too long, much longer than I would like to admit. Um, and so I'm finally actioning this in the next kind of two weeks. To be honest, ideally, I wanted to be actioning it once lockdown was over only because The reason I wanted to do two episodes a week is so I could also have a lot more guests on without it eating into the podcast, um, the kind of mindset hacks podcast, you know, so as it stands, I try and do a different topic every week. But obviously, if I have a guest, then I don't do a mindset topic. So that's why having the second episode would be great. So I can have a perfect balance where you're hearing people's awesome stories, but then we're still getting all the neuroscience and whatever episode. So I was like, perfect, once lockdown lifts, we'll do that. I'll start having like a guest in in person, but I'm just going to have to do it over the phone or, you know, wait a little bit longer to do the guests. But the two episodes a week are just going to start um, very, very soon. So I'm very excited. I did even put up a thing on my Instagram saying what you guys would like to see. And pretty much the most common things were people would like um, more banter and conversation with guests, more personal stories of my life. Love that so much that you guys are interested in that. Thank you. And a really, really big one was more science deep dives. So I am going to be doing some episodes where kind of like when I go into the brain facts at the start, it's kind of that, but full on for a whole episode. And I'll be doing that a couple of times a month or, you know, whatever. So very excited, still not 100% on how it's going to run, but the episodes that I currently do on the Monday, which is, you know, exactly as it is normally, like I do the um, the update of my week, the brain facts, and then I go into the topic. That's always going to be, that's always going to stay the same. I'm just going to be adding a second one. And that second one is what's going to be a little bit different. So you're not, nothing's going to change. You're just getting more. Awesome. Okay. So not too much to say about my weekly update as far as what I've done, apart from the fact that the card game did launch. It's been an absolute success. So thank you so much to everyone that has received them. Um, they're all kind of making their way out there. I know the international ones take a while um, to ship, so bear with me, but it won't be too long, um, hopefully in under two weeks, but we'll see. Um, so thank you so much. My heart is so full with all the orders coming through. Um, so I appreciate each and every one of you for doing that. Um, anyway, so let's get into the topic of today. I just wanted to dive straight in because there's so many and I want to get through as many as possible. So first one, number one, let's go. 
So for the past five years or so, I have been applying for what I thought was my dream job, but I keep missing out. The last interview I had, I again just missed out, but they said they were really impressed with me and would keep me in mind for any future jobs. I then went back to my work and I had a pretty honest conversation with my boss about how I wasn't feeling fulfilled and ultimately was pretty unhappy. She offered me a new role in an area I hadn't thought much about before, but I thought, why not? I'll give it a go. I started the job about a month ago and it's been absolutely incredible. I'm so happy and honestly love what I do. My dilemma is my dream job called and they said they had an opening and would love for me to submit an application. I'm so torn because that's what I 100% wanted six months ago, but now I'm unsure. I'm really happy where I am right now and I feel like I'm on the right path. I would love any help or guidance. Okay, this is such a prime example of when you level up and when you kind of show up in life, things just happen. When you are taking action, when you are doing things, when you are growing, when you are actively putting yourself in a position for more opportunity, then opportunities flood and you get that first world problem where instead of not getting anything of what you want, you now have too many options. Okay. So firstly, congratulations. That's fucking epic. You're in a great, great, great position. Secondly, look, this is how I would look at it. If you are very, very happy where you are, maybe the fact this job, this dream job of yours, I'm going to give you two kind of possibilities here. This dream job of yours could have been kind of forcing you to expand on your horizons. It's, it's showing you what's possible for you and you saw what was possible and it pushed you enough to do something about it, which was speaking to your employer. You did that and then you got an opportunity because you, you knew, you're like, I can do more. I want to grow. I want to be pushed. I want more responsibility. And you were given that. Your employer obviously responded well. They obviously respect you a lot. They gave you what you wanted and now you're very happy. Because of that, it's really funny because when you stop resisting, it flows into your life. And also, I think because you're now ready for that job. Now it's just a matter of if you want that job or not. I don't think you now have to take that dream job of yours. I think you created your own dream job right now. But if I were you, what I would do is I would interview for that job. I'd just interview for it and go and see exactly what it is, um, unless, unless you already know based on your other interviews in the past. But if they're asking you to come in, I'd go in, I'd interview, I'd ask for the offer, discuss your salary in the interview. It fucking pisses me off when employers, especially with young adults, but with everyone, when employers go through a whole interview process and don't mention money. It's like, do you think I'm doing this for charity, cunt? Like I'm here for money. So please discuss the package, what, what the money is. Be really, really aware of what is on the table. Don't let them dodge it. Say, you will not get an answer until I have the exact dollar amount. And then you make a decision. But I honestly think that there's a big chance you're going to stay where you are purely because you created that success for yourself. And now you're in a position where you instead of them giving it to you, you thought, no, nah, I'm going to go out and get it for myself. And you did, and you created it by approaching your employer and explaining where you're at. And so you might not even need it, but it's always good to know what your options are. And it's always good to keep your, you know, your eyes open to all those possibilities. So if you have the time and if you can be bothered, I 100% would still interview for it, even if you aren't really keen on heading over to the other company, because it's always good to know what your worth is, especially if you see yourself maybe working there at some point in your life. Amazing. So thanks for sending that in. Okay. Number two, let's go. This one's juicy. My sister-in-law, boyfriend's sister is the most competitive one-upping person in my life. Major tall poppy syndrome. I find it so difficult to keep a friendship with her or even be around her at family events. And I know it's going to cause major problems if I address it more than I already have. She has a lot of internal self-esteem issues, so I've tried not to take any of her digs or comments personally, and I've tried to be as kind as possible to not add any to not add any extra shit into her life, but my God, it is draining my soul and damaging my mental health, feeling like I'm constantly seen as a threat, and everything I say is just shot down because it's seen as competition. I barely speak anymore because I feel like I have a target on my back. Help. Okay. In this situation, your boyfriend needs to step the fuck up and intervene, okay? So this conversation needs to be had with your boyfriend. 
The reason being, would you ever hang out with her if it wasn't for him? No, you wouldn't, right? You were doing him a fucking solid by putting in the effort because he exists in your life. You would never give that woman the time of day if your boyfriend didn't exist, correct? So therefore, your boyfriend is responsible for helping ease this situation, okay? He is the common denominator. And if he wants to have his girlfriend involved with his family and his family involved with his girlfriend, then he is responsible here. I'm sorry, but he is, especially when you are trying, okay? That's that's the big one. You are trying. It's different if, you know, if you went in there and you're abusing everyone left, right and center and then saying, I'm still going, but I'm going to abuse. Okay, fine. But that's very different. This girl is clearly on her high horse, running the show, doing whatever she wants, and you're kind of the victim here, not really knowing what to do. And also, I would imagine you're kind of playing it safe because these are the in-laws, and you probably don't want to rock the boat too much, I would imagine, especially because you love your boyfriend, okay? So my advice to you is to sit your boyfriend down and say, I know this is not easy for you, but you need to grow a fucking spine and you need to intervene at times, at least some of the time. Because if you don't have my back, I will stop coming to your family events. End of story. I lose nothing by not being around someone who's a fucking toxic psycho, okay? I actually gain by not going. I gain in mental health, okay? So if you want me at your family events, I love you so much, but if you want me at your family events, do something about it and intervene. If you're not going to have my back, fine, I'm not going to be there. Simple, I still love you, all the best, you guys are all great, bon voyage, I'll see you when you get home. That is what you need to do. Your boyfriend needs to step the fuck up and help you in this situation. Always remind yourself of that. It is not your responsibility to be on this woman's good books when the only reason you are there is because of your boyfriend, okay? That is my advice for that. Story number three. Hey, Alexis, I recently got involved with my best friend's brother. Probably not my smartest idea, but there was quite a lot of tension and a long history between us. We always felt magnetized to each other. Things have seemed to go sour and there isn't particularly a reason as to why, but he has made clear the situation isn't really fixable. I feel head over heels for him, yet I haven't said anything. I've just accepted the situation and tried to move forward very quietly. Throughout our situationship, he has gaslighted me a lot and shown a lot of narcissistic personality traits, including yelling at me in a verbally abusive way in person, but not in front of anyone else. He seems to do these things and regret them after he actually digests what has happened. I'm just looking for a bit of advice in order to move forward, as I still need to see him from time to time because of my best friend, but it kills me that no one else knows how abusive he can be slash how much he has messed with my head. The last time I spoke to him, he told me he's only being civil with me for other people's benefit in order to get along in group situations. He will not explain to me what I've done wrong, and I feel as I'm being emotionally manipulated to feel like I'm a bad person for something I don't even know what I've done. I replied to him telling him no matter how nasty he is to me, I will always respect and care for him, and once again regretted his actions a couple of days later in which he apologized in an abrupt manner. I'm not too sure how to deal with this cooked dud that is stuck in my life. If you have any advice, that would be amazing. Okay, so you mentioned, I'm just trying to find, I'm just reading up. You mentioned that you said to him that you will always respect and care for him. Why? Sorry, but no. If the dude is abusing you and being narcissistic and doing it in private, which shows that he's well aware of his behaviors if he's doing it in private. Someone that's going to yell at you and do all this shit and all this manipulation privately does it because they are very aware of their manipulations, very aware. He also knows that he can manipulate you. He knows exactly how to play you because he knows that every time he pretends, and I mean pretends, he is pretending to be remorseful, that he will get you back. Like he'll get you back in the sense of like, He'll calm things down and you'll kind of be nice to him again or you'll, you know, he's just got you there. He's got you there when he wants you and when he doesn't. You haven't done anything wrong because if you had done something wrong and he wasn't a narcissist, 
he would, like a normal person, say, hey, look, to be dead honest, I didn't like that you did this and it doesn't sit well with me, so that's why we can't be together. But he's not telling you what you've done because you haven't done anything wrong. So get out of that mindset immediately. I know it feels weird and awkward because someone's so hell-bent that you have, but he's lying to you. The dude is lying to you, okay? He's doing all this shit in private and acting like a completely different person in public. That is very scary, very toxic, very nasty narcissistic behavior. So if I were you, I would get rid of the idea that you need to be civil and kind and friendly to him just because you have people in common. No, you don't. You might have to see him, but you don't need to address him ever again. The dude is volatile. You need to cut that person out of your life. Yes, you can speak to him when it is absolutely necessary to do so, but he needs to know that from now on, at best, the only thing he's going to get from you is indifference indifference. You need to cut any kind of emotion towards him whatsoever. Fair enough if you feel it behind closed doors, the dude's manipulated you a lot. There's probably shit you've got to work through. That's fine, but not to his face, okay? From now on, he gets absolute indifference and no more. Don't ever tell him again that you respect him because I hope you don't. He doesn't deserve your respect. Don't ever tell him that you're going to care for him because that's him knowing he's manipulated you. You shouldn't care for him. You should cut him out of your life. He is toxic, and from what you've told me, he is emotionally abusive. So from now on, if you want to address it, you say, listen, I've thought long and hard about this. In a, in a message, better to, for it to be in writing. I can guarantee you it is at one mi- When you're dealing with people like this, you want it in writing, okay? So you send him a message, and you say, I've thought about our situation, and I've come to realize that we can both agree on one thing, and that is that we should not and will not ever be together. I am glad that we are both on that same page. Goodbye. Not all the best, not I'm going to treat you. No, 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 no. Clean cut. We agree. I'm thrilled. Bon voyage. I can guarantee you one thing. When a narcissist detects strength, they back away. All you need to do is show that you are backing yourself and that you are giving him not a skerrick of anything other than indifference, and he himself will take himself out of the equation. The rubbish will take itself out, okay? A narcissist is repelled by strength. All you need to do is show some of it, and he is gone. Goodbye. Okay, number four. I've been talking to a guy for about five or six weeks now. We didn't get to meet prior to lockdown because I was sick and had to postpone our date. Anyway, we're both following the rules More so him because he has a 92-year-old grandma and a new baby niece. He has sent me dessert three to four times, love that so much for you, calls me a few times a week and texts me daily usually. Not sure when we will meet because of this lockdown. What are your thoughts on whether to keep this going? Do you think he could come for a walk with me outside? I mean, 100% he could come for a walk with you outside, but it's totally based on how he feels. And if, you know, we've got to respect his reasons for wanting to be super strict with the rules, newborn baby, old grandmother, 100%, that's legitimate. So the guy's obviously into you though. He's definitely not using an excuse to avoid you. Nobody is sending someone dessert if they're not into them. So he's into you. If I were you, I would put the offer on the table and say, look, I understand and I want to respect, you know, how you know, your decision around what you're going to do in in COVID or not. But if you are open to it, maybe we could meet up for a walk and just see what he says, but be prepared for him to say no. And there's a legitimate reason why, but he is obviously into you. So I 100% would put the offer on the table. And do I think you should keep it going? 100% keep it going. If you're enjoying each other's company over the phone, why not? You know, why not? Love that for you. Love a COVID romance. Okay. Number five. Hi, Alexis. I'm struggling on how and if I should try to fix my relationship with my older sister. We have not spoken in almost a year. As long story short, after many attempts on my part to try and build a friendship, I received many insults, toxic behaviors and abusive messages from her to which I choose not to engage in and resulted in me being blocked from anything. Background info. We both have different dads. Hers was abusive and extremely manipulative in slash out of jail, so there's always been a lot of jealousy involved growing up as my dad has always been supportive and caring. Three years ago, I made a comment, which I have apologized to her many times, about her partner, 
and she still uses this as the reason why she hates me. I was 17 and fails to see that I am no longer that person anymore. She has since fallen pregnant. It makes me so upset that I can't be a part of this chapter of her life with her. I reached out to her to congratulate her and received a short reply and wasn't invited to the baby shower. I said I would only go if she personally invited me, which she refused to. She refused to hug me back at our brother's wedding or talk to me in any way, but I feel that if I give in to her for for peace's sake, for the sake of peace, I am telling myself the way she has treated me is okay. What if it just ends up happening again? All I want is a mature relationship with my big sister, but she has serious hang-ups to the point that even my granddad has cut her off. Please help Alexis. This has been my biggest trigger this year. I am so, so lost and heartbroken with what to do. Okay, so there's a couple of things that you can do here. Number one, just do a little bit of checking your own behaviors because always when I answer listener stories, I presume that you are the innocent party in this thing. And from what you're telling me, it sounds like you are. But the one thing that I do want you to check on just before we move forward with more advice is when you did apologize for that comment that you made three years ago, was it a legitimate apology or was it loaded with a but or you did this or whatever? So just ask yourself that. Was it a true, true, true apology? Okay. Because one of the best things to do when you're trying to mend a relationship is to really know how to 100% own your wrongs. Even if they did 50,000 wrongs and you did one, if you're wanting to mend the relationship, can you truly, with no strings attached, apologize for something you did knowing that they've done a whole lot more, okay? If you've done that and if the apology was legitimate without anything attached to it, no, but you did, no, 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 no. Just a straight up independent apology, okay? That's what you first want to look at. Second to that, if that's been done, if it hasn't, I would advise you to do so. If it has been done, then you have to kind of look at what are you expecting from this relationship? Because it's all well and good to want to be in her life and it's all well and good to want to have want to be in the life when she has a child. 100% I understand that. But you have to manage your expectations around this woman. From what it sounds like, she's not just like that with you if your grandfather has had to cut her off as well. So she seems, from what you're telling me, like a pretty difficult person. So even if you were to quote unquote mend this relationship with her, you would have to understand that it's probably not a relationship that you would love because she sounds like a very difficult, if not very toxic person. Okay. So knowing that and knowing that she's not going to change because you can't make people change and she clearly hasn't changed so far. So if she does change, that will be a bonus, but it's not something you're expecting. Knowing that Do you still want her in your life? Because you could probably get it to a point where you have a relationship, but that relationship might be exactly what it used to be, where she's abusive, manipulative, toxic, all of that. But if you're prepared to put up with that because you want to be in her life now that she's got a child, that's fine. You can then reach out to her and warmly open up like some conversation and you can you know address things that have happened in the past and talk about how you want to move forward in the future but what you need to understand if you do want this girl in your life you are inviting a manipulative toxic and emotionally abusive person back into your life you need to be aware of that and you need to wholeheartedly own that and accept that because there's no point trying to mend a relationship with someone and then resenting them for not being the way you want them to be She's obviously a psycho and you can't expect anything less than that, okay? So if you want this, you are wanting a relationship with someone that's toxic and that's fine because you might want to be involved in this child's life. So again, I'm not judging. I'm not saying it's bad or it's good, but I'm saying don't expect anything different to what she's shown you so far in your life. Don't ever from anybody, okay? And that goes for anyone right now talking about anybody. Never expect any different to what someone's already shown you. If they want to change, it's up to them to show you how they've changed. It's not up to you to hope that they're going to change, okay? Now, if all of that is true and if you want to be involved, I would send her a message. Again, writing is the best way to do it when you're dealing with someone who's quite volatile, but I would write her a message wholeheartedly be vulnerable, put your heart on the line and talk about what it would mean to you to be a part of her life now in this important time, what it, how it's hurt you not having her in your life. Just be vulnerable and put it all out there. The beauty is if she responds and is awful and has nothing good to say and cuts you off, you still have nothing to be sorry for. 
The message that you're sending here is going to be a beautiful message. And that's not something you can ever regret. Vulnerability when you're being kind to someone is not something you can regret. And when you look further down, down the path of your life and you look back, you'll be very pleased that the last thing you sent to her to try and rekindle things was something really heartfelt and lovely and not something, you know, angry or whatever. So regardless of the outcome, you sending her a really beautiful message about wanting to be involved in her life and her child's life is probably a good move. Okay. But like I said, do not expect her to change and do not expect to be different. I hope that you can be involved in her child's life. That'd be awesome. But low expectations with people like that. I hope that's helped. Number six. Hey queen, I just finished my semester of uni for bachelor of business and found out that I failed by one mark 49 for business statistics. Ugh. Babe, I feel your pain. Statistics. Fuck that shit. Any advice? I really don't want to have to do it again. As you would know, it's not a fun subject. Haha. <laughs> I really know it's not fun. Just wondering if anything similar has happened to you. Probs not because you're an intelligent queen. Haha. <laughs> Just listening to your potty and learning from your mistakes. And that's really helped. Okay. I haven't. No, I haven't failed statistics. Although there was some very, very testing times at many times throughout my undergrad and postgrad. But this is the, the way you've got to look at it is just look at the situation for what it is. You have to do it. You have to do it again, okay? So now that we've decided that, um, you're now going to do it again. <laughs> you're going to select that subject next semester and you're going to do it again. The beauty of it is, is that you've already done it, okay? You've done the subject. You haven't passed, but you've done the subject. So now you know exactly what to look out for and you know what you're going to be tested on. So you are at an advantage, And now you can be a lot smarter with your time and with how you spread your study because you know where the focus is going to be in that subject and where it's probably not going to be, you know, because they can't, with any statistics, there's so much in statistics that when they test you, they can't test you on everything. It's just not possible. And you now know what that is. Then I recommend you look back on your semester and you ask yourself, how many hours per week did I allocate to studying this subject? And I can guarantee you, I mean, there's a slim, slim, slim chance that this is not the case, that it's not many because you didn't like the subject. I feel you. And I'm the same. You probably didn't dedicate that many hours, but whatever it was that you did dedicate, double it minimum. Okay. So if you were doing two hours a week, studying towards it, make it four. If you're doing six, make it 12. Do what you need to do, but you need to pass that subject because without the subject, you're not going to be able to pass the degree. Okay. So you're done thinking about the bad things. You're done stressing about it. It's done. The decision is made. You're doing it. You have to look at it as time is going to pass anyway. I've just got to chip away at it and get it done. If you are someone that's overwhelmed with, with um, study and whatever, you, you might have to take it slower. You might have to take it more part-time. That's not a defeat. That's you managing your time better, okay? So never look at it. If you're doing full-time, you have to drop to part-time. That's fine. You're just learning to manage your time better, okay? Whatever it takes, you're going to do it. Like I was saying in my last episode of what else are you going to do with your time? It is so fine to cut back time-wise on something so you can get it done better because that time will pass anyway. So never feel disheartened. And what I recommend is that you, this is, you just said, I just finished my first semester of uni. Get it done straight away. You want to, you want to smash this. I mean, if it's not, if it's not offered in semester two, fine, do it again semester one next year. Don't wait for the end of your degree. And I don't know if you've got more statistics subjects coming up, maybe, maybe in psych and neuroscience, you have to, but I don't know about business, but get it out of the way. Once you get this out of the way, your confidence is going to be a lot better for the rest of the degree. The sooner, the better. Do not procrastinate on a subject that you hate. I can guarantee you. Okay. You've got this girl. Do it. Okay. Uh, Question seven. I had a best friend of a decade who I'd never seen anything more with until earlier this year. However, He has been everything for the last 10 years. We speak every day, see each other multiple times per week, and he was my go-to and vice versa. He was in a relationship with a girl who was poly, I'm guessing polyamorous, but he wasn't seeing anyone else, and told me he didn't see a future with her. We slept together, we both developed feelings for each other, and he broke up with her for me. However, she then reappeared, and he's been trying to figure his shit out and deciding what he really wants. He's been spending all of his time with me, 
wasn't seeing her and now telling me that he loves me, wants me and can see a future with me and just needs to try things with her as he loves me but is in love with her. The other night he broke up with me and said he had decided to pursue her. I had told him prior to this that I didn't know if I could be friends with him if he was dating someone else. I'm struggling the most with losing the friendship. I know I'm okay with being single, although I know we could have a fantastic future together, which is also hard. But it's losing my best friend that I'm struggling the most with. I know I probably need to cut him out, and I'm really working on being okay with that. I really just need some advice on giving up my best friend, getting over a breakup, and doing it all while in a pandemic where I can't access most of my coping mechanisms. And getting over the hope that this will be a short-term thing and he will come back to me after things don't work out. Really, anything to make this hurt a little less. Okay, so that's obviously a really tough situation that you're in because of that 10-year friendship that you have. What I would do is I think it's really important to, you know, you, you have a friendship here. This isn't someone that you just started dating out of the blue and that there's a lot of history. So he knows you back to front and you know him back to front. What I would do, though, is that based on what's gone down, the romance side of things, kiss it goodbye. Kiss it goodbye. This is just not – I mean, you've known each other for 10 years and this is how it kind of starts and ends. No. Romantically, no. Goodbye. However, he's your friend and that's really important to try and, you know, salvage that friendship. It would be a shame otherwise. But if I were you, I would, I would say to him – in writing or in person. He's a friend. He's not a toxic person. So you can do this in writing or in person. But I would say, hey, look, I want to speak to you about this. I respect you so much. As you know, I mean, I can't hide it. You know me so well. I'm hurt, but I understand. I don't want to lose the friendship, but I think it's very necessary that we take some time off so this friendship can prevail long term you know, so I don't want you to ever feel that I've cut you out or that I'm angry at you, but it is something that I need to do because you are completely in your right to date whoever you want. I understand that, but it's also very hurtful when I have feelings for you romantically. So please know that I do want to be here for you long-term in the friendship and I would love you in my life long-term, but I genuinely just need time and total time apart. And then you take that time what helps you do this, it, when you make a, 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 like a strong statement like that, it also helps kind of burn the possibility of him coming back to you in a weak moment, which is what you want to do. I know it th- seems like it's something you don't want to do, but trust me, if he thinks that he can, and this is not out of malice because he's obviously your friend, but if he thinks that he can kind of come crawling back to you when things don't work out with her, that's a rebound. Because he's already had you. You can't go ping-ponging between two people. That's just, that's not right. And you don't want to be one of those sides. You absolutely don't want to be. If you're not his first choice, then I'm sorry. It's just not worth it. You're so much better off living your best single life. I can guarantee you that right now. So what? So you want to burn the potential bridge of him coming back to you as a rebound. I know it sounds painful because when you're in love with someone, you take them no matter what, no matter if you're like the, the, the last option in the barrel, you'll take them, but don't take them. Don't accept it. And if you make a strong statement like that, then he'll think twice and three times about calling you in his hour of need when he's broken up with somebody, okay? He should only ever come back to you as a friend and make that clear. And then the actual friendship can survive past that. But if I were you, I would hold zero hope, zero for you guys ever having a romantic bond together, okay? If that happens, it's probably going to be something further down in the future and something that you shouldn't even be thinking about right now. So cut the hope, kill the hope dead and try and resurrect that friendship, okay? Take the break you need. Okay, number seven, I think. Listen a story. Hey, Alexis, I have this particular friend who is being a toxic person at the moment, constantly lying to me and my other best mates, and the stories she is telling us aren't aligning and we don't know what the truth is. She is also in a toxic relationship that is not giving her the opportunity to reach her full potential. Even her parents have made comments to us about this relationship. The relationship is holding her back and seeing her now being treated this way is so sad as we have seen her change in her health and mental health. Our friendship circles, our friendship circle are all developing and changing into young adults, yet she is still in high school wanting to gossip, but putting people down and always needs to be right. For the sake of our friendship, we want to approach her and talk about what she's doing or do you think it's time to move on and develop on our own because we feel like she is holding us back in high school days 
with her behavior at the moment. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Okay, so kind of both. I would suggest you do both. You, you, you need to prioritize moving forward and growing as a person, always, okay? Especially if someone's always lying and dragging you down and whatever. So your priority is moving forward. You should definitely, especially if you value the friendship and if, you know, and if you think that she's a good girl and if you think that this toxic relationship is to blame for a lot of these changes within her personality and mental health, then I personally also would want to extend the olive branch and still be there for them. You know, I'm, I've said this a million times. When you see a friend entering a toxic relationship, I don't think it's the best thing in the world to completely cut them off because what happens then is that they're more likely to stay in a toxic relationship for longer because they feel more isolated. And that's kind of the tactic of the, uh, the, uh, the, the toxic one in the relationship. So her partner obviously would be benefiting from her losing her friendship connections because she is more likely to then stay with him because she has nobody else, okay? So – which doesn't mean you've got to be there for her all the time, all this or that, but you just have to show her, express it in a way that you're never going to judge her if she, you know, comes out of the relationship and she's got someone just pretty much just say, we're always going to be here for you. We're not judging him. We're not judging the relationship, even though deep down you're fucking judging him. But when someone's in an abusive relationship, don't talk too much about the abuser. Don't put too much attention on it. You want to have um, like a comfortable arena where that person can talk. And if you're always slinging shit about their partner, slinging shit on their partner, they're going to feel unable to talk about it because they feel attacked. They feel that their choice has been attacked, the choice that they've made to enter a relationship with that person. So you always want to kind of invite them to talk about it without getting on the attack, as hard as it is. But that's what you want to do if you want to be the emotional support for your friend if, when, if and when she comes out of that toxic relationship. However, you then mentioned that she's been toxic within the friendship group, that she's lying and that her lies don't add up or anything like that. If there's a bunch of you that feel the same way, what I would recommend you do is that either one or all of you send her a message or you can do this in person, but I think it needs to be raised. And I think the way you can say it is we've noticed certain things aren't adding up that you're not really happy within the friendship, that maybe there's been, you know, lies or inconsistencies and kind of put it back on her. We just want to know if everything's okay. You don't seem, you know, happy. You don't seem like, are you happy with us as your friends? Put it on them. Always kind of flip the question around and put it on them because if someone's you know, turned around and now being an asshole or being toxic within the friendship, just say, hey, we've noticed that this behaviors keep happening. Are you happy with us as, as your friends? You know, we understand that you're in a relationship. We understand that people are growing in all different directions and we're growing in this direction. But are you happy with us? Because we always want to be there for you and you, you always have us, but you seem unhappy within the friendship. See what she has to say. But ultimately what that does is kind of, you kind of, preface it to being like we're open to hearing what you have to say but we're letting you know we're pulling you up on on the fact that we don't like the fact that you've become really negative or that you're lying or whatever and then once you've had that conversation no matter how the conversation goes you then stop engaging in anything that's got to do with a lie or toxic behavior to the extent that you can literally just give it zero attention whatsoever if she lies to you don't reply don't add any fuel to the fire and start hanging out with her less, okay? Still be there for her, if, especially if you think that the relationship is very toxic and she's going to need that support when she comes out of it, but you can take a step back because at the end of the day, you've got to put your growth first and you don't want to go down with the shit because of choices that she has made. You can be there for her, but that doesn't mean that you have to bear the brunt of bad choices that she's made and bear you know, the weight of that on something that you haven't done wrong, okay? So... That's, that's the way I look at it. When, when friends of mine enter a toxic relationship, I literally hang out with them less because I just don't want to be around their toxic boyfriends. I just have better shit to do with my time. But they always know that I'm there for them and they know that well because when they do break up or when they go through a break, they reach out to me and I'm always there to help them. But I literally keep them at arm's length when they're in that relationship. Never toxic, never mean, but I just peacefully tap out for a little bit because it is not your responsibility to be in the trenches of that relationship. It's not your relationship. I hope that helped. 
Okay, second last one. Listen to story. I've gone through insane growth in the last 12 months and outgrown negative friends who are drama-fueled and have a victim mindset, which is draining to be around. Congratulations. I'm very proud of you. Recently, these friends have been reaching out to me, but I feel bad letting them go, even though I know it's the right thing to do. It's like I feel guilty for distancing myself. Is it wrong to cut people off when you have grown as a person? Even if you think nothing bad has happened, do you owe them an explanation? I want to shake this guilt when I know I'm better off without them. Okay, no, absolutely, it is not wrong to cut people off when you have grown as a person. You don't even have to cut them off savagely, not at all. You just stop hanging around them. You stop accepting their invitations and you can still kind of see them on occasion or you can message them back or whatever, but... There's two ways of doing it. You can like fully sever the ties and cut them off and say that to them. Um, I wouldn't recommend you ghosting them because that's not, that's quite toxic and not honest. Or you could just start to taper off and hang out with them less. Your energy should kind of tell these people, they've obviously seen a difference and a growth in you. 100% they've seen it. Now there is a very, very, very slim chance that some of them will be inspired by your growth and want to be around you so they can be a better person. But a lot of the time you get people that are energy leeches and they're not planning on changing. They haven't changed. So they want to leech onto you and kind of pull you down um, to make themselves feel better about themselves. That's another possibility. I don't know what your friends are like, so I'm not going to presume one or the other. But what I'm gathering from this is that you've also hanging around different people now as well, obviously. Like you, you don't need to be around these old friends. You clearly don't miss them. So if I were you personally, personally, I would just not really hang, need, feel the need to hang out with them. And I, I probably wouldn't even need to have to send them a message telling them that because it's, how do you say that? Hey, sorry, I don't want to hang out with you anymore because you've got weak, horrendous energy and I don't want to be around you. Like there's just no way, no nice way of saying it. So you can say it if you want, but I honestly just don't think that there's a need. You start to taper off. You start to fill up your time doing other things. So you literally just don't have time for those people anymore. And I can tell you right now, I can tell based on that message, you already don't have time for them. So it's fine. You just don't have space for them in your life anymore. There should be no guilt whatsoever. It's not a bad thing to outgrow people in your life. Don't ever feel guilty because that's what keeps you kind of in that realm. You know, that whole thing of like, you are a reflection of the five people you hang around with the most. Yeah. So if people aren't, aren't serving you or if they're kind of in a low vibe the whole time, you probably don't want to be hanging around with them. You should never feel guilty for that. Okay. It's your life. You make the choices that you don't owe anybody anything and nobody owes you anything. So if you don't want to be involved in drama, if you don't want to be involved in people that love a victim mindset and, you know, have they're all negative based on what you said, negative and drama field, then don't. Simple. And too bad, so sad for those people. They're going to find other people that love drama and they'll be fine. Trust me, they'll be fine. Okay? you got nothing to feel bad about. Okay, the last one for today. Not so much a story, just probably a very typical worry. I turned 30 in April, happy birthday, and I always thought slash hoped I'd have a long-term boyfriend by then. I met a guy I liked a lot at 28 and I was really chilled about it because I was still in my 20s and I thought if life goes wrong, I still have time to find someone else. But anyway, long story short, because of the pandemic, border closures, etc., in the end, it went to shit and it hit me really hard because I so rarely find guys I like that much. And also because now I'm 30, I feel like I'm running out of time to meet my person if I want to meet the right guy as I want a family so badly. I know it's silly to set an age limit like that and I've tried to readjust the way I see my age. I've read lots of articles saying it's totally fine for women to have healthy babies after 35 etc and I keep telling myself it's not a big deal to still be single. Just enjoy it, you still have time but I just can't stop worrying about it and judging everything. I just cut cut off there so I don't know if there's more to that but I kind of really wanted to address this particular listener story just because I think that a lot of people might be in that mindset as well. So you're right for sure it's it is um, a common worry that I hear a lot of. Firstly we all collectively need to stop putting an expiration date on women. That is the most toxic, well, not the most, but I would say one-off, the most toxic um, belief systems that exist in society is that women have an expiry date of like children or, you know, their uterus or all of that, okay? And this stress that it then puts on women that they need to find someone and like it's just, it's honestly, it's just awful and it consumes your life when 
babe, you've got so much better things to be doing with your time than worrying about this. But I get why you're worried because people fucking put the pressure on, right? People that have nothing to do with you put the pressure on, okay? And it's not to say that you shouldn't want these things. That's a normal want. That's totally fine to want to have a partner and to want to have children. But I can guarantee you the more you stress about it, the more you push it away. So this is a problem. You're kind of in this catch-22 situation. You notice that it's not happening, so you stress about it. And because you're, not, because you're stressing about it, you've got this kind of hectic energy and you're probably repelling things coming your way, okay? So, and then you kind of continue down that spiral, down that spiral. And you said that you met a guy at 28 and you were chilled because you were 28. So you should be chilled. Every relationship should be chilled. What's the alternative? Freaking the fuck out, making sure that you lock each other down so you fucking have a child. No. You did the right thing being chilled in that relationship. If it didn't work out, it didn't work out. There's many, many, many opportunities for you in the future. But that probably doesn't mean anything if you don't believe it, okay? The way you want to look at it is ask yourself, why do I need to have a child now? Because you're 100% right. Women can have healthy babies well past, you know, 35, like into, into their 40s. I know many women that like 42, 43, having healthy, healthy, amazing children. Okay, so time-wise, you've got time. And even if it didn't happen then and you were hell-bent on having a child, there are other ways of going about it. I mean, I'm definitely not an expert on this shit, but I know that you can freeze your eggs. There's a a fuck ton of shit that you can do if you want to have your own biological children or you can adopt or you can do whatever. So the the options are there. You need to – the – I have an expiry date needs to be eliminated. That thought needs to go, okay? I know that everyone is different. I know that we all feel different, but you got to ask yourself, is it the children that I want or is it the partner that I want? What do I value more? Or is it I will only want to have children if I have a partner that I want? So these are questions that you need to be asking yourself. You need to get to the bottom and you need to figure out what it is that you value more. What if you found the perfect partner and I'm talking the perfect, but he didn't want children. Would you stay with him? Okay. Or vice versa. What if you had the opportunity to have children somehow, whatever, however it came about, but without a partner. So would you be okay with either or is it the children or is it the family? So you need to be asking yourself these questions. Okay. Because the way life is, nothing is, you can't, every time something involves someone else, that's where you lose control. You can't control other people and you can't control things outside of yourself. So your focus needs to be on what you can control. So my advice to you is if children is the absolute number one most important thing ever and you were worried about a timeline, I would go get my eggs frozen and then I would start to live my best fucking life. So I'm not worried about, you know, am I going to start to lose my eggs? Am I going to expire? Can I have healthy? No, I wouldn't even worry about that you'll probably start to call in better situations in your life when you eliminate this stress of this timeline that you've got to follow. So if you truly are that stressed and maybe freezing your eggs is going to help that situation, do it. Who cares? Do it. But you need to get yourself in a position where you are as carefree as possible, okay? Stressing about not finding a partner and not, you know, like, not having children, that's not going to bring it on any quicker. And I can guarantee you that kind of stress is very unhealthy, very unhealthy. And then if, even if you did have a partner, that kind of stress on the relationship is very unhealthy. Okay, so you want to get into a position where you've done what you can in this situation. So where do you have the power right now? If you're stressing about a timeline and you haven't met someone, maybe go freeze your eggs or speak to a specialist at least. So again, I'm not an expert, but speak to somebody who can give you a better idea of what your options are. And then you've done what you can within what you've got power over. And then you try, then your aim becomes, I'm going to enjoy the most out of my life. When I was single, and as you guys know, I fucking love being single. It's like, oh, love that shit so much. I remember being like, yeah, of course I, you know, eventually want to be with somebody that I love. But my mentality was, Oh, but I don't want to wish it. I don't want to call it in too quickly into my life because what if they're the perfect person and then I'll never be single again? And that's a really, like, I'll be mourning my single life because so I'm like, I just want it to come at the right time. I don't want to wish it away. I would really want to enjoy. And because I had that mindset, when I really got into that headspace of like, yeah, 100%, I want a relationship, but I just want to enjoy this stage of my life because this stage might not be very long lived. And I want to milk it. So that way, when I'm in a relationship, I'm ready to be in a relationship. And because I had that mindset, Tyrone strolls on into my life like a few months, 
afterwards, you know. So the more present you are and the more you enjoy where you're at, knowing what you want in the future but enjoying where you're at, you start to – people gravitate to you. I can guarantee you that. They gravitate to you. So your goal is to live the most enjoyable life. I know some of – some of the most successful couples, like friends of mine and close friends of mine, some of the most successful couples that, you know, met at 38, hit it off within six months, pregnant, having a child, the most badass family ever, that kind of shit, you know, like there is no right way or plan of doing it. I've known people that have done that in their 40s and also in their early 20s. There's no correct timeline if you don't enforce one on yourself. Okay, so the way you want to look at it is if I'm out there living my best fucking life, doing everything possible to build on who I am, build on my skills, my how I am as a friend, how I am as a family member, what I can offer the world. Do you not think that you'll be so much more like magnetic to people around you? I can guarantee you the more effort you put into yourself, your options with partners just starts to multiply and multiply and multiply. The more you level up as a person, the more opportunities with things and with people you're going to have in your life. So speak to a fertility specialist to just kind of have your options, do what you can do control-wise, like do what with your eggs or whatever if you want or if you want to adopt or whatever. If children are the be-all, end-all, then look at that as well. But then your focus needs to shift massively because I can tell you the more you stress about something, the less likely something's going to happen. And that's the case in almost every situation in life. So just remind yourself that to stress or to overthink something like that is going to prolong the onset of it happening or block it altogether. Okay. Ironically, the more fun you're having, the quicker things come into your life. Okay. So you've, you, that's what you, what my advice to you would be. And really, I just hate this for everyone listening. This whole expiry date on women, it does my head in. And if you guys want to help out with that situation, a good way to assist with society slowly changing how they are is to stop asking people when they're going to have children, if they're planning. Children shouldn't be a conversation until someone brings it up personally, okay? I feel like if someone's going to discuss when they're having children, you're either discussing it with somebody that you already have had the conversation about, so it's already an open form platform for discussion. And if it's someone that you haven't really, you don't know their views or opinions on it, you're not going to ask. Put it this way. The way you speak about the prospect of having children to a man is how I now want you to speak to the prospect of having children to a woman. Because how often do you say to a guy... When are you having children? What, so you, do you want to have children? What are the plans? What are you doing? Oh, you know, like not that often. Like, yeah, it happens, but not really that often. And they kind of get away with it and they don't really have to worry about it. The same should be with a woman, okay? Because there's a lot of women now who are deciding not to have children or prolonging having children. And so I feel that society-wise, we should just stop putting the pressure, full stop. So if we don't like what's happening, we're not going to engage either in it. Guys, I hope that helped. I hope that you took something out of this um, advice with Alexis listener advice. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening again. Please continue to rate and review the podcast. That really helps me with my rating. So I really, really appreciate when you guys do that. And also please continue to share the podcast on your stories. I really appreciate that as well. So danke. Guys, as always, remember, be kind to yourselves, be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.